I love this song. I've always loved this song. You are a Gen Xer. I am a Gen Xer, and they, you remember when they overplayed it on the radio? That was called heavy yeah. rotation when a song was in heavy rotation. So you'd get sick of it, but I still could not sing it. <laughs> well, I think so. This would have been, I mean, I'm looking right at it, 83, so. Third grade. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, you know, going grade. to the pool, summertime. There were 20 songs on the radio at that time. <laughs> yeah. This is one of them. That's right. Just put them in heavy rotation, play them all day long, baby. I mean, uh, this slippery when wet. Yeah. Uh, Duran Duran. Oh, Duran Duran. Don't get me started. We'll ha- we have to do that. Oh, God. I met them. Did you love I- that Rio video as much as I did? Uh, well, not in the Probably same way. Probably not. Not in the same way, but anywhere John Taylor is, I was. <laughs> do you know he touched my belly once? I know that sounds weird. That that probably came off weird. I'm sorry. No, it didn't probably come <laughs> off weird. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> I was pregnant but with Lauren. We long story, I won't go to it, but we won a, a myself and my brother-in-law, and then my sister came to. We we met Duran Duran when they were in concert. And we get to go back and do the things. And this all's after the fact that we had actually my brother-in-law and I went to Norway and got screwed over and didn't get our meet and greet at the Pulitzer Prize concert. True story. And so we got super pissed off. We got the meeting. But by this time, <clears throat> I was no longer fit in what I, you know, at the time I didn't think I was good looking. Now I'm like, oh, you were so hot. You know, when you look back on yourself. So we get our meet and greet and I'm freaking like six, seven, eight months pregnant or whatever with Marin. And I'm like, great. Now I'm, now I'm all like swollen and have a red nose because that's what happened. And I remember we're back there and John Taylor, uh, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And all of a sudden, a hand touches my very pregnant belly, so which it, normally I would face punch you. That's what I was going to say. Was it one of those like n- now fully uh, assumed to be inappropriate, look, this is my uh, belly, don't touch me if, kind of thing? If it but, were a random dude, yes, but it was John Taylor. And he just, he asked it with his accent, I don't do a good one. He says, are you carrying? And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yet I again, am. and it was Awkward. so. It was, but it was. It was like and she's a super stud. I tell her, I'm like, you were blessed by the base hands of John Taylor, and she's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, mom, you're. <laughs> Sounds like a creep touched your belly, Mom. That's not how I thought we were going to open the show. That's why you said Duran Duran, and I lost my shit. So. Well, it is a Sunday morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, how, how are things going? Good. I was just at a, uh, college, a, a little bit of a college thing last night. Lou Fuse Girls Academy had um, some of the college coaches out. Uh, Mizzou was there, SLU, and SIUE came out to kind of watch the 08s and the 07s and 06s kind of all play each other. Um, so big news out of SLU up. camp. Did you see that yesterday? Katie Shields' uh, right-hand man, Corey. I, I heard, actually, it was Derek Burton who, I didn't see it, but I was there talking with Derek for SIUB. Sure. He and I yeah, went I know to St. Paul together. Okay. Um, so he's, he's about to go <laughs> ice fishing. Derek is? Yeah, I'm like, you're in the cold. You're going to go to more cold. They, they do it like he and some buddies actually from St. Paul. That He's not super talkative. He's fun when you do talk to him. A lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. So ice fishing ice in fishing. solitary confinement seems to fit. <laughs> Derek's mo and and the fact that it's with three other <laughs> three other guys that we all went to St. Paul with you know you could are they look, all Vianney grads uh, they are so they went to Vianney together but like to stay in touch after this many years and do yeah. something together is pretty unusual so cool it was Derek who let me know about Slu coach 
Uh, Alan yeah. is now was promoted big big promotion. He's now the head coach. Was Katie's assistant coach yeah. and director of recruiting. Is now the head coach at Xavier. Is that correct? So, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So I mean, good on him. And and uh, Katie actually wasn't there last night, but but a couple of uh, scouts from SLU were there. So yeah, it's funny. You know, it's like the these big time programs really the St. Louis influence and we talk about it all the time I mean obviously it's the backbone of our show is soccer first right. St. Louis second and kind of the, the Casey the, dead last yeah, who? UMKC did not make it probably because of weather but they were supposed to oh, come last night oh with their bike tires did, flat <laughs> You could still, our, our listeners could be college kids that could be, what do we think about St. Louis kids that go to college there and on scholarships? That's good, no? Uh, I think they need a sit down <laughs> intervention. <laughs> go, go. I mean, look, there's 49 other states. You know, there's a lot of options. I'm just saying. You know, hey, so that was my evening. And as I walked in, it was very different weather when I walked out. It was snowing and it was bite cold, just like as we were coming in here to Sunset Hills Mellow Mushroom. Thank you for the heat, Mellow Mushroom. Feels good. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it, it's funny because we've talked about this uh, New Year's resolutions. I'm not a resolution guy. Right. And I'm definitely not this dry January or no. oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I don't do that stuff. We gave but, up on that a while but ago. But it's like one of those things, okay, well... Yeah, I'm going to switch out the midday joyas for a smoothie. I'll do it pragmatically. But every time I walk into this place, <laughs> you toss it all out. Because sm you smell it. The pizza is already smell absolutely it. Yes. phenomenal. And, the, and, the, and now that we record here a lot, my kids are like, They're hey, <laughs> are you bringing it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. So are you sick of wintertime yet? Oh, yeah, I'm done. And, and I know it, we're, we're still got a long way. It's this is that time where you think, oh, it's almost over, but it's not. Well, so along the lines of the kids and soccer in general and wintertime, how bad are yours at just being anxious and just having this like new form of boredom because oh, they're not going to training? And yes. it, is it just ruining your household like Liam. between four and eight? Yes, Liam loses his mind. So in particular, my 12-year-old is like, he'll be like, what well, finally get on his phone? They can't have their phones at middle school. So they're in their locker, gets on his phone, and he just starts texting. He's like, what? Practice is canceled again? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, buddy, it's sub-zero. There's no point. And they don't have an indoor option uh, at JB Marine. They don't have, at least our team doesn't. It doesn't make sense to do that. He's like, oh, I just, I'm going to have to go in the backyard. I'm like, no, you're not going outside. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's so funny because I think back <laughs> when we were playing, and I know a lot of individuals, you know, even when you were playing at a high level, it was kind of like when you got the snow day at school, it's like, sweet, no school. Yes. And then if you got a practice canceled, you're like, oh, sweet, no Every, practice. Yeah. Because like, all you want to do is play. Right. Practice was practice, I mean, right. with a capital P. But the kids today, at all levels, like, practice is now, no, 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 that's fun time. Yeah, their socialization Which is tells largely me linked to that. The coaches are not being hard enough. <laughs> Not enough running, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Well, we have a a, a coach with us. Te former teed that player. one up. Yeah, a there you go. Bit, Thank you. Uh, uh, Aaron Graham Meckel is here. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I brought up the Graham because I always find if you you know get married and and change your name, there is a large part of your earlier population that you know that will maybe only really know your soccer history 
by your pre, by your maiden name uh, and growing up soccer player. And, and I know you and Jay, it's always fun to bring a guest that I know, but JB doesn't know. And then it's like, here, I can just use this intro so you can tell JB all about your, I'd love to hear about your playing career growing up. And, and you know, when you were Graham, you were a goalkeeper, no? I was. So I, well, I mean, I am, that, but she's not that the same kind way. of soccer player. She's that, you know. So there are 10 soccer different. players and then a goalie. A goalie. So you were the. Yes. <laughs> I always, um, when I write out a formation, I start with the one. Um, of most people you don't do, do that um, when they talk about systems of play. But I do, because I was a goalie. <laughs> so we don't play a 4 3 3. We play a 1. They play a 1, and then other people are supposed to stop the ball from coming there. Yeah, I, I just had an aha moment. You saying that out loud is literally, I don't think I've ever heard anybody else say that. Not very many A one four four two, or It's always, we play a four four two. we play a... And there's somebody in that box back there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Three, know, five, two. Hopefully you don't get scored on, right? Yeah, hey, formation people, <clears throat> we should put the one. That one, as we know, is very important. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna spread that. I'm, I'm, glad I'm gonna I start telling. Be of service. There you go. Well, See? thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I knew, I knew of Aaron. I knew of of the Meckel part of your name just from when you're a slice of coach. Both being slice coaches, you will see whether it's tournaments or in the slice of you know divisions, the different usually a team name and a coach name with it. So I've seen your name for a long time. And then living in Oakville, there are people like, oh, yeah, that's Erin. We know her. And I never knew you personally until I started working with Macy, your, uh, your oldest, uh, oldest, right? Because the son is just taller, Macy's yeah. oldest, yeah. on some mindset work. And she is wonderful. I loved working with her. And then, and then you brought my, me to work with your teams, which was also so fun over at Melville High School. Um, so what to just maybe give a little intro into how'd you start in soccer, of course, as a kid playing around, what teams, what area, call them out, what clubs, so, what schools. Well, <laughs> you know, I was a Queen of All Saints gopher. Um, Queen back of then, All Sports. We were, yes, we were the gophers. We were not the Knights. It was not really? cool. It was not cool. Um, I would have I much did rather. Not, yes. no, they, that is like hidden. They don't even talk about that, it's, Queen. It's in the history. I was in the Queen uh, district or the, the parish, and yeah. they don't, I did not know that. Yeah. The Gophers. No, I started, we had uh, my dad and some of his friends coached. Um, gosh, I mean, it was, we had like 30 kids on a kindergarten soccer team oh. playing 11 v. 11. <laughs> Remember, we were five. We were so little. Um, you know, going up through that by second grade I was like the only kid that wouldn't cry so I became the goalie because I was the coach's kid and that's what you did you mentioned um you know our, our coach is hard enough I don't know um I feel like my dad was um for sure <laughs> um and so so that's kind of where it started still friends with a lot of those people um growing up so definitely CYC um yeah played for some different clubs and then um actually um had to kind of stop playing for a little bit on the way to a soccer tournament um, with some of my friends, uh, Julie Zingrich. I was playing um, with her at the time and uh, Mindy Thompson. We had a really bad car accident. Um, so so that kind of put things on hold for a little bit in terms of club, but kept up with high How school. How old were you then? I was 16. That was the summer before my junior year. Oh. So yeah, we were headed to Granite City to play in a tournament and that was that was crazy. Granite City guy you're looking oh, at Granite right City. there. Well, your highway. 
We have no highways. We have uh, railroad tracks. Okay. Yeah. Oh I don't my know. God. <clears throat> a lot of turbulence. So, um, but nevertheless, like the team came together. They won the tournament, uh, which I got a T-shirt out of it still, which was great. Um, but yeah, so, but motivated to rehab and like, you know, my high school coach, um, I played for the late, great Dave Robin. Um, I was very close mm-hmm. to Dave and, um, he was really awesome, like reached out right away and wanted to make sure I was okay. So, um, that was kind of an interesting, interesting little bump in the road there. So you were at Oakville high school then I at the time? I went to Oakville high okay. school. Yes, we were, uh, we were district champs. We beat Narricks at the time was number one in the nation. And yeah, we Oakville beat them. was always a, a pain in the ass to play. And well, I mean it, this with respect when yeah. I was at Eureka. Yeah, they're hard, hard to play. Yeah, we squeaked out a win against Narricks, which we could never do uh, my senior year. We only had four seniors on the team, which was crazy. Ooh, Six freshmen, that's unsay, that's really young. Yeah, you're young. Freshmen didn't play varsity. We didn't see that right. a whole lot. Um, and... Yeah, it was really amazing. I mean, we ended up losing to Lafayette next round, so that was kind of wah, wah. But uh, it did help that Lori um, Kolopny wasn't there. You know, right. she was visiting UNC. <laughs> and it also helped that their center back got hurt. But, you know, we didn't back So that was definitely a fun memory. And um, then I was actually able to coach with um, Dave Robin later on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. There. Um, one of my soccer players, Eric Tate, um, you probably know his dad, is, um, does a lot with um, the referee assigning um, in Missouri. But he, um, Eric went on to coach um, at Oakville, which was also really cool. And then I coached at Melville um, for some time. Uh, we made it to the Final Four in 2007, which was really exciting. Um, and then I coached girls a little bit here and there. But then I started having babies. So that, yeah. <laughs> the kibosh on that. And then club coaching uh, seven years at Colt Maine. Yeah, Col- yeah the, the, orange and, the orange and black. The orange I was a Colping girl. Uh, there was like one year of, uh, you guys remember the club Mastercraft? Oh, absolutely. Hearing that. Yeah. So I was only, George played for it a little longer, so I must have come in a little bit later. I was there for one year, but then the whole team, like, we just, I, I was too young. I was like, oh, we've got, we're not red and and yellow, which were bad. <laughs> like, we look like Ronald McDonald. Um, we just changed the, the, I didn't realize we had changed clubs. But yeah, the orange and black right orange here. And black. I got- there was a very brief period of time where Culping was blue and gold. Really? And nobody liked it. I don't know. I, I mentioned it know. like one time, and everybody was like, "We don't talk about it." That had to be when I started playing for like it. Coke or something, because that, that we didn't. It was black and, and orange it, for I sure. I don't know if it was like something to do with St. Margaret Mary. I don't know, but it was. People don't like it. They they get mad about Interesting. it. Interesting. I still have up. an I still have an embroidered jacket. You know the old embroidery, oh, yeah. the beautiful embroidery they did. Yep. It's funny because the 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 orange and black, the coping, the logo, just frankly, just the colors. It, it, having such a long tradition, tenure, I immediately think of South County soccer. Just when I see the yes, colors. immediately. You know. Immediately. Like, you, you see it on any... And nobody else has that. I don't think I've come across a team. You, you don't probably have the a lot Dutch, of uniform. The Dutch make it look good. Y- yeah. You know, I'm always like, that. I'm like, can we get that? Kit? But you don't That's have a probably... You don't probably have a lot of uniform <laughs> conflicts, right? I mean, you're... you're no, it's a now, there, there have been some years where I know we uh, we contract with Adidas. Um, there was one year where, like, we couldn't get orange. They just, like, weren't doing orange. So we had to, like, outline our numbers, which then made them fall off. Oh. Because, you know, you say, don't put them in the dryer. You tell the parents this. We, they're, they're going in the dryer. Yeah, they're you know going I mean? in the dryer. So we were You're like lucky if I turned it inside out. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole A sort, B inside out, and then you got to pull them right. out, you know, out of the sort of the washer. It's yes. such a miserable process. <laughs> so when did you start coaching then? So I, I, I totally, I fe- we both have, have uh, kids. 
your kids range from? Yes, I have four kids. Four kids. Um, we my, both did the four. Yeah, my, we're crazy. My we're daughter, done. Macy, is um, she was born in 2008. Um, so I coached for a couple years before her um, at high school and then a couple years after and then kind of started in with club um, for my kids at that point. And you go um, all the way down to little, little Calvin at seven. Little Calvin, yeah. So Macy is a sophomore. <laughs> she's um, 15. And then my son Graham is 13. He's eighth grade. And then Calvin... Or uh, Harrison. See, there's that middle kid. Yeah. Forget about it. Shoot. There's another one. Uh, yeah. I love Just you. Just go by numbers. <laughs> I love That's you. That's one, two, He's three. He's going to be like, thanks, Mom. Four. And then, yeah, so Harry is in fourth grade. He's 10. And, um... Calvin, who could forget Calvin? He's loud and proud, and he's uh, seven first grade. So, yeah, three boys and a girl. It's a busy, loud, what's the, sports-filled house. What's the uh, soccer ratio amongst those four? Are they all playing? Is it three out of four? At what levels? We had, at one point, it's always been three out of four because Calvin hadn't started yet. Graham did play soccer. Um, I actually coached him a little bit at Cutis. Um, great group of kids are still playing together, and they are just winning their way up, and I absolutely love it. Um, he had played basketball with some of the same guys. It was kind of in baseball. So it was like this group of athletes just playing everything together. And then it got to a point where he, um, Graham, started to be more serious about baseball and basketball. So well, we th- had the very hard decision. I was like, so you're sure? I mean, he's, the, the, he's 13 years old and he's 6'3". I was like, but you're a yeah, goalie, that's what, man. Yeah, like, like, come that's what I was going to say. The physical you, logistics. You can see Jamie's eyebrows go up like, do you understand? It's like, so, but he will still sometimes kind of be around the field and help out. You know, I coach uh, fourth and fifth grade boys, um, 2013s, and they love it when Graham's there. Oh, I bet. Um, so He's like know, a big jungle gym. Go see if you can score off yeah. of him. He's you know? a big jungle gym. Well, get it, that I mean, it reminds me of Matt Turner. Right on the U.S. men's side right now. I mean, he was one of those kids too that shot up quick. You know, there was gaps in his playing. Went to uh, shoot. I forget the name of the college, but you know, he struggled for a long time. And there was, you know, again, it wasn't always soccer, and then it clicked. But you know, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. Yeah. And when they grow like they would do, I don't know if he grew like this, but my oldest has. I, I don't think he's done, but it's like, remember the Gumby doll? The the Gumby. I feel like he was like. The Lord was pulling on his limbs like you could pull on a Gumby doll. At times it was like, God, you're all leg. You have no torso. Or you're all lower leg. Like, he's just grown in this weird, like, how are you functioning? No, I worry about it. I mean, his back, he looks like a Bengal tiger. And I hope he embraces these scars because he, these stretch marks, you know, he grew so fast and he sleeps quite a bit. Like, we'll go in. Sometimes he just comes home from school and just dies. He just goes in his bed and... He was recently He's busy growing. Yeah, he was recently upgraded to a queen bed, and he doesn't know what to do about. It. He's so excited. He was like, "This <laughs> like is I the have best room for yeah. my body." Yeah, I'm like, "Look, you, your feet aren't hanging off anymore." Do, do you find tracking the metrics of your grocery bills and their irritability with growth spurts? I <laughs> grocery bills. I don't even know. We. I don't even want to look at it. It's like five gallons of milk a week. My, we're big milk drinkers. Yeah. And I don't know if that's good or bad. But Depends. It is, is it one percent, two percent, or whole or skim? Oh, we're not doing whole milk. Those days are long gone. Oh. It's delicious. So it's so good. It's but the best. I just, sometimes, like if they're out of it, and you bring that home, the kids are. But like, like they're super active. Best. They'd be fine, right? Like they're yeah, they're super. Yeah, active. no, our kids are in in shape and things. But um, yeah, no, he's at that point where he wants to like. Like bulk up, yeah. but like you know, I'm like, well, you don't need to like lift a ton of weights right now, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he sleeps and wakes up, and I, we just are like, oh, you're how, tall again. So <laughs> how, how do you how do you and your husband manage uh, kind of balancing 
other sports, multi-sport activities. Obviously, your passion is for soccer. You're, you, you coach, you played. Um, when other sports come into play, do you guys have like a process or kind of a, you know, a parental vetting of their <laughs> interest and then a support mechanism, you know, into the other sports? Because for with zero driving, that's a lot of logistics. We're close. We're close. Um, she's going to drive soon. March. Oof. Um, I don't want to wish time away, though. And I do love our car rides. Um, and I do one thing in terms of time. But I heard somebody say, somebody much wiser than me, a youth pastor, he talked about the time that we have with our kids. It's so important to leverage that time um, that you do have and that car rides are so amazing with them. We think about all that time in the car as like wasted time. But my kids will tell me things in the car that they won't tell me any other time because they don't have to make eye contact with me. (laughs) And we're just kind of zoning and I get some good stuff, um, some there. But in terms of, yeah, how do we know when they should play what? I think you just have to know your kids and just ask them. I mean, our thing is like if you join up with something, you're not going to quit it mid-season. You finish it out. Yeah, you start what you finish. Um, But certainly I don't think it's healthy for people to – do something that isn't, you know, for them. I played basketball for a long time because my parents love basketball. I found a diary. It was like one of those, um, cause I was a hoarder and saved everything. It was like fill in the blank. And it said, one thing I want to tell my dad is I was in second grade. I don't like to play basketball. I played through my freshman year. Ooh. Um, and in fact, I just, uh, coach small, um, up at, he's coaching at Melville high school where I work. And I just, you know, I see him every day up at the gym and he tried to get my daughter to come out for the team. He's like, it could be a mother daughter duo. And I was just like, I remember going to that tryout thing and like, I hope I suck. Yeah. And I shot the lights out that day. <laughs> <laughs> Point guard. <laughs> but I think about that Shooting and I, guard, I mean. and I think like all the time I could have been doing something else or just like resting, being able to be confident to go to my parents because I love them so much and just say, I really don't want to do this. So keep, you know, recalibrating and asking that our kids, like, do you like what you're doing? Is there joy in this for you? Yeah. And also their work ethic. Like you can say you love something. But don't tell me you want to play soccer in college if you never do anything at home with it. Like, right. I want to support your dream, but you also need to be realistic. That's a hard balance I find, too. I don't know if you have any wise words for this, but there are I times... Prob- I probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, where you, you know, like, sometimes I'm like, yes, like, I did it. Like, I pushed a little bit, and then they're like, I'm so glad I did this. And there are times where I think I've pushed... And that was not the right thing to do. And then you think of the times maybe maybe I, I should have pushed when I didn't. And I think that that we definitely know of times, you know, we talk we give we give we're parents, JB and I, and we give parents crap on this, but it is hard sometimes I think to like, what do I do in this moment? Should I challenge them? Because I know deep down that Liam's just pissed off because he lost his first two tournaments and he's he's not a full-time wrestler like some of these wrestlers are kicking his ass and then i the, it happened like it was, he's like i'm glad i stuck with this and i'm like yes mm-hmm. and then there are times where i'm i know i just like you i was basketball was my third i didn't like playing it and i played it all the way i, I skipped one year um playing and it did not go down well so i kept i played after that my freshman year i didn't and i loved it i loved having a break and then i decided to please everybody but myself and I played and I didn't enjoy it and so I remember that yeah sorry basketball just was it was the third one for me yeah I just kind of and I didn't even like 
really like want to watch. It was just one of those things. I was like, hey, it's like you're tall. You should play basketball kind of a thing. Um, and I'm not saying I didn't have fun or make great friendships or have great coaches because I, I remember um, we were playing on a junior high team and uh, Oakville Junior High. We were good. We were beating everybody in the county. And they took us down to Matthews Dickey. And then we learned what basketball was that day. <laughs> I think I spent more time on the And I had to play like the center because our center wasn't there. And I just, I was like, this is a grown woman <laughs> and I'm going to die. And then I really hated basketball. <laughs> and I'm done. And now I'm officially done. I still kept done. playing it, you know. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Um, how do you know when to push them? I don't know. I don't think we ever, I think we go our whole lives trying to figure that out. Yeah. But I think letting them have a voice um, within reason is important. And too. then sit with the consequence, right? Like we, I think many times, I know I've like, you try to, you try to dodge consequence. Like I don't want them to feel regret. No, they, they should. They, if they decide not to do something and then they're not on the announcements at school or whatever, they need to sit with that and be like, maybe I'll make a different choice next time. Or if they do it and we make them stick with it, they have to go, okay, next time I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And I think sometimes I know I'm guilty of trying to shield them from, oh, they're going to regret it. Maybe they should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kids have to feel things and they have to, sometimes it's not real to them until something is taken away or, you know, yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. So from a coaching uh, maternal, I want to blend the two areas. Um, you know, you're talking about kind of that quid pro quo that you expect out of uh, your own kids. And I'm assuming from your players, you know, those that are like, oh, I want to play in college or I want to make that academy team or whatever that it is. Um, how do you manage kind of uh, uh, eliciting the advocacy or encouraging or pointing out the shortcomings with the not only you know you can talk about your children if you'd like but you're a coach so you have a lot of kids they're all probably expressing certain levels of expectation how do you as a coach and as a mother address those that are not doing the extra whether it's within your own team or in your own home yeah i think um that's a good question i think that there's always you want to, if you're coaching, I think we sometimes, I've been in education for a long time, and I think we see like a dumbing down or a watering down sometimes because we think, well, we don't want to leave anybody behind or we want to make sure that we can pull everybody up. And I think the reality is that we want kids in situations that are competitive, that promote their love for the game and the individual needs should come first which seems kind of counterintuitive I think but like if you're putting the team first I think as a young coach I was guilty of well I'll put Macy where I the team needs her and that's really awful for her development right um because I think that I'm a competitor I want to win I think well that's how we win is if I put her here or you know whatever player that might be and I think we we as we promote that like sacrifice, and I don't think kids really understand that, and I don't think it's fair to kids or parents. But by you know sometimes it's necessary, right? Sometimes you have to adapt um, to a situation as you need to. But I think like playing to your highest level players is the goal because I think if we're always looking at like well this kid's not doing it, how frustrating is a player to have to play down to a level that 
you know, you're there because you do want to challenge, it may be that that kid, you know, has to have a consequence. They forfeit playing time. Um, I think fairness kind of has to go out the window a little bit. Um, in terms of that, and even in your own household, um, I know when I first started, <laughs> for kids, you got a mini team, <laughs> right? You know, my son Harrison um, has come a long way. He was very timid as a soccer player, and so I'm like, well, you know, if you're not ready to start, you're not going to start. You know, if you want to play that position, but you're not prepared to do it, you don't play that position. Well, can it's I add just a quick the way it goes? Let, you know, I, I'd like to add a quick part B to the question, then kind of a follow up. Because there's a lot of like, uh, especially in social media in particular, all the uh, soccer parent lifestyle groups and, you know, these big, huge national groups where everybody throws out these arbitrary statements and questions for clicks. One of the subjects that comes up often, and I just, when I read it, it makes me cringe, is where parents are saying that young kids at a rec level and even lower level club in particular you know say sub 15 that these kids should be rotating every position including goalie and this is like i see that kindergarten i think yeah, is a great place for I, that. but i see that a lot and 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 i'm seeing it in you know coaches or parents that are on like a u12 u13 level that well it's not fair for my kid you know to be the only goalie Speak to the parents that are listening, that are soccer parents, from a coaching perspective, why, because this is the Part B aspect of it based on what you just described, putting kids in the position in which they can thrive in when it might not be beneficial to the team. Talk about the rotation of positioning in particular and why that sometimes is a very bad idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we can, I think it goes back to knowing your kids through observation. Obviously, we want all of our kids, the players, to be able to defend, right? We want everybody to be able to defend 1v1. We want them to understand team tactical defending, all of that. Um, we want everyone to have skills to attack. That doesn't mean, you know, like if you're a striker, you're still a defender in a way, right? Um, but you're I, just not that good at it. Right. We, you're, high, you're not close to our goal. <laughs> I can't remember uh, the coach who said it. You, if the, you lose the, the ball, the you're risk, the first defender. Yeah, the risk the reward is, Maybe a little press would be helpful, yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that risk reward is 80 yards from danger. <laughs> correct. Correct. And I think that... Um, it's good in terms of maybe getting some perspective and seeing, um, you know, okay, well, this is what it's like when somebody plays behind me and, you know, all that. I, I think it can be good. However, I think our world, and we see this, I'll go back to education a lot. We, there's so many requirements and things that you have to do, and there's so few things we get to do. And if soccer is a passion and you love it, um, for me, the best, most exciting thing about soccer is a zero if you can't beat us, if you can't score off me, you yep. know, and the frustration, I want to frustrate somebody um, that they, they're not, they're not getting through here. I and love, I love that malicious totally intent. Right? And you're going to be scared <laughs> to come into this box. Like you're a psychopath, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> <Says> the goalie, <laughs> all goalies are slightly crazy. Says number one. <laughs> yes. Number one. <laughs> that was my number. I worked it. Um, but you know, I think that Forcing a kid to play a position where they also don't want to be is also going to be terrible. Um, and so I think that it also speaks to how good your team is. Well, I, I, I mean, can, if you're good enough that you can just say, okay, we're picking numbers out of a hat and you're the sixth today, sure. If you can put somebody at defensive holding mid who is really not a good defensive holding mid, you probably have a pretty good team in general. But I think that going back to my point about education, 
there's so many requirements and things that we have to do. Like, oh, we are not good at math, but you got to pass this math class and we just got to get you through it. We talk about getting through it and something you have to do. Well, if there's a kid who's passionate about podcasting, for example, put them in all the media Don't do classes. It. Don't. All the, <laughs> you know, let them let them experiment with what they are good at. Because how do we develop talent? Do right. we say you have to spread yourself thin, or do we say find what you love and get so Go good deep. at it yeah. that you're the best at it? Um, so I think you have to have a balance to that. But I kind of agree with Jen. I don't know that like you know if I. I go uh, into a tournament saying, you know what, let's just mix it up today, guys. I think my fourth and fifth grade team would be pretty mad. <laughs> they would say, why isn't Gage playing center back right now? He's our center back. And they start to own that. And Jen, you talk a lot about ownership. And I think that owning a position and owning who you are as a player and forming that identity is also important, even from a young age. Yeah. Being able to take feedback you can and say, like, that. oh, am I good at this? Am I not good at you it? You ever watch, like, little ones, like, even three-year-olds, right? We just hope they go the right way, right? Like, like That's Liam, Liam, he, he learned to game the system. So he was he's always been smaller than everybody. So he just, I was like, I think I'm telling you're going to get a big league chew. You know, big league chew? Remember that? Brawl that and I was like, you're going to get that if you, you know, just I want you to try and score on the goal. Like, I just want you to go. It's little. So he turned around and shot on his own goal. He <laughs> uh, Brian Haddock's sort of team. Understood the goal. Brian Not Haddock's the team. goal. I know, I, I know. <laughs> Brian Haddock's kid was on the team and, like, <clears throat> the best. And Liam was like, and I said, what are you doing? He goes, that was easier. Can I have the big league chew? But Give it's fun. When they're that little, it's fun to watch. You can almost see it. Not Now, I'm not saying, like, start positioning kids when they're three. But it is fun to watch the kids to want to go, uh, I see a, I see a attacker. Like, they don't care. They don't give a crap about what happens behind them. And to see the ones who are naturally like, you're not, like you said, you're not getting through here. Like, I must defend this. And you can see it at three, four, and five, I think are great ages. Just, you know, move them around and let them start to maybe show you. Have you seen Absolutely. that? When well, you or I, it's like the, are you faster if you're chasing someone or if someone's chasing you? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, like we had Depends. A, who's who? We had, <laughs> we had a, a, a physical trainer tell us that one time, like, doing some kind of like you know work like that are just, we in the game are we talking are about you, somewhere else <laughs> yeah are you chasing someone or are they chasing you when do you run faster and i was like well, that's an interesting concept that's and i'm wondering who fits into which category but okay let me i want to chase somebody like i'm a, like i'm gonna get you but maybe I, that's the defender i I'm, don't know i'm curious your take because we've we've asked on uh, both shows often um to other coaches trainers recruiters um you know since we're talking about uh, player strengths and roles. Uh, one aspect of that is, I'm curious how you would describe it. You know, in a young player, when you get that eight, nine, ten year old in particular, you know, pre puberty for the most part, and you've been around the game a long time, can you describe what it is to you when you see a kid that is like, okay? You know, not only are they fast, but their foot skills or maybe it's character or attitude. When you look for it or when you see it, could you describe it? Hmm. Um, I don't know how well I can describe it. Um, I definitely know who it is and I know it is when I see it. Um, you know, I'll call out one of my players, like the heart and soul of our little boys team right now. I mean, Vinny Colombo. This kid's like nuts. Like, and he's been sick for five days. Vinny, I hope you're feeling better if you're listening. Um, but he is just um, 
he's everywhere all the time. He um, communicates pretty good as a soccer player already. Um, his his feet are quick. He has quick feet. Um, strength, I think. Um, you know, are they getting knocked over a lot? Are they on their feet? Are they um, afraid of contact? Do they embrace unnecessary contact? I think sometimes at the younger ages we look and it's like, oh, that kid's great because he's fast or he bulldozes through people. And I don't know that I'm impressed by that. I'm kind of like, yeah, that's going to fade, you It's know? funny. I saw or that over the weekend. the longest, a... the parents are all clapping. What a yeah. good boot. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, there's yeah. a big difference between oh, skill and kamikaze. You know, it's like, oh, don't do that, you know. No, and just kind of that adaptation. When you see a player respond, like, okay, so now I've realized that this player is really weak on the left side. I'm going to that left side. They kind of expose those weaknesses. I think so, yeah, just that general awareness, like, and that just willingness to win. I think there's so much complacency in athletes right now that, like, I've seen that more with the girls, but, like, just they could kind of take or leave it. Like, it the difference between like you know my boys practices at the same age as the girls practices and it could be that i've learned and done things differently but the boys i can tell them at any point like hey what's the score over here oh they know and they will fight each other like it's tie. we can't end on a tie or we have to break it <laughs> you know paper rock scissors whatever like we have to deal with it the girls sometimes i would be like okay who's winning they're like i'm not sure how many do you have and i was like what you don't have it. You don't have it. If you have it, you know what the score is. Yeah. You know what you need to do next. Um, so I would say, yeah, just all the things, speed, agility, but more just like that situational awareness and the willingness to make everyone around you better through your play. And when I look at a kid like a Vinny, Vinny has it because everybody wants to be on Vinny's team because Vinny's going to find a way to win. And if he doesn't, He'll do it next time because he ain't going to let it happen more than once. Do you see the same characteristics on the girls' side? Because you've coached both. Um, and we played, obviously, we played girls and women's soccer, but you've coached both. When somebody has it on the girls' side, is it the same characteristics or are they different? Yes, but I think, I think it's similar. But for me, I think boys are, they seem to just have a stronger sense of pride in general in terms of the way they feel and emote. Um, the way they show that. Um, whereas girls, I think, can be more sensitive about like handling feedback. And so I think it's so important for girls to deal with that because it's easy to be like, well, she's mad at me about this. That's what I've seen, especially like at the high school level. It's like, well, they're not mad. They're just giving you feedback. Whereas boys, like I, they'll literally punch each other to practice. <laughs> and then like a minute later, I'm like, are you guys good? And they're like, about what? I'm like, you just punched yeah. him because you were mad, but it's over. Whereas I think... Sometimes girls think on it a little longer, and so I think that's a good and a bad thing because I think they can also be a lot more thoughtful teammates and notice things that maybe help help the team atmosphere that maybe boys are dismissive of. So, but I'm speaking very general. Obviously, like I was the type of kid I was a huge tomboy. Yeah. It's so, like I wasn't overly compassionate ever. You know, if I came out and somebody was bleeding afterwards, after I, I had the ball, they were on the ground. I didn't help them up most times. <laughs> I was just like, well, maybe you won't do it again. That's what you get. Um, so I don't know that that's a healthy or appropriate response, but that's kind of how I was. Whereas but my I, teammates might not have been. But I think that response is really one of those things that's kind of embedded, kind of in what you're describing. You know, that whole your version of it is has a lot to do with kind of uh, results-driven interpretation of a player. Vinny in particular, you know, like he's going to find a way to win. And he probably, even though he's a young kid right now, he probably takes real offense when he doesn't. 
or really bothers them, which is kind of what you just described. You know, and and I think a lot of parents and a lot of uh, uh, coaches and systems, whether it's at school or home or otherwise, really kind of frown on that from a kind of a cultural standpoint. And and I think that it's it's ingrained. You know, I, I personally like when I look at my boys' teams. You know who that kid is. Right. Who, no matter what, they're going to find a way to win. And if they don't, they are a mofo for a long time. Yeah. You know, I think, do you, do you see that as a good thing, a bad thing? Do you think we're uh, squelching it earlier than we should? should? Should that be able to thrive? And really a question to both of you, um, you know, because we're so concerned with the integrating empathy into the process these days. How do we still subtly support that type of aggression? And I think you don't want a whole team full of it, you know? Sure. I think, you know, we, we need different roles. I mean, I think about um, my, my daughter is a type of player who she gets fired up, but she tends to bring calm to a situation. Um, but she's the oldest. She has three younger brothers. So for her, I think she's okay with chaos. Um, I, my son is very even keeled, um, which is why I think he can be a really good pitcher I mean he's not going to get too high or too low he's not you won't see him throw his helmet down like somebody else who you know the crazy shortstop he's not going to do that but um you know he can keep it cool when he needs to but I also watched him after he got his butt whooped when he was in sixth or seventh grade playing against some high schoolers slam his hands on a gym floor like all right let's go like I'm tired (laughs) of getting knocked around right and so I think whatever however they show it it's got to be there in a high level athlete whether they can stay cool or not. Um, but yeah, I think society is definitely soft. Um, I know that like everybody wants to blame our generation for needing a trophy, but I blame the generation, uh, the boomers who are handing them out. Cause I think that, um, they were the ones who created this mess. Sorry, boomers. And we were in the middle. Yeah. We were stuck being in the middle. beat yeah, by the know. boomers <laughs> right? and not getting all the trophies. <laughs> so, I mean, I literally, I had a trophy for like anything we ever participated in. Oh, I did not get trophies. Hey, you made your parking lot. Take your medal. Um, yeah. I have a picture of my daughter. We lost in PK shootouts in a tournament. And, you know, the parents take a picture, whatever. We get home and I look at it. Everybody has their medal on except Macy. And I look back on that and that was such a turning point. And I told um, our field manager and um, one of our boys directors at the time, Darren Basler, he said, he was talking about his daughter, Caroline, who, you know, she played for Tony Schmidt, played a high level, very competitive. And um, he goes, oh, he goes, that's nothing. He goes, one time I came home and I goes, I heard this sound in the garage. I was like, what is that? It was kind of like a squeaking sound. And, you know, like a, something was grating on something. She was in the garage. She had a second place trophy. She was sawing the head off. She was so Okay, mad. that's also it. That, I that was is like, also these it. are kids who have it. Because as, as long as she didn't bury it behind the I'm shed, like, yeah. that's a good thing. I was like, <laughs> you, so I was boy, like, a boy I may slam her. it on the ground. She's going to go out and cut its head off quietly. Saw, head, <laughs> saw it off. Just destroy it. <laughs> Pretty bird. Yeah, Pretty sure. bird. <laughs> I love that um, comparison because I, I feel like, and you, you probably see it with your four kids, I see kids that fit the stereotype. That is Liam, right? He's the he's like a Vinny. He was communicative. He'll lose his shit if he loses. But Georgie, my oldest one, he hates it when I do that. But he's two. We've got two Georges. He will forever be Georgie. Is much more. He's a. He was, I think, a leader in a way. He's, he's since stopped playing, but he would take losses hard. But he would do it quietly. He would do it quite like you'd see. He'd just get quiet about it. 
he'd be introspective about it. Um, where, you know, and my two girls, Marin is a bit like Macy. I think they're similar. Uh, I, I think when I worked with Macy, I made a lot of comparisons because I was like, God, they're almost the same kid. But Harper's different. She's like, you know, what the f- yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean we're losing? She's like, what, what? that goal didn't count. Or, you know, she's wrestling now and she's like, I had him pinned. I'm like, oh. Well, so and the it's youngest, funny to they see like that. fight for survival. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some like <laughs> birth order. We forgot birth order. Right. I mean, like my oldest would be like, mom, can I have a snack? And can you make it for me? Is that OK? Thank you for making it. Calvin, at this point, he just jumps up on the counter like a cat. I catch him and he's doing it. And he's like, hey, I made this and like puts nothing away. And I'm like, what? I think there should be a... I a, parented you know, them all the same. A psych evaluation form when we take our little teams on and, and not in birth order should be part of that. For Where sure. are you in that? Because yeah. that probably tells me a lot about besides your gender, birth order. Have you had to fight and scrap? What's your place? Are you the third born that we forget about? I, I do that as well. Or, you know, what is that? probably see that on the teams i feel like when i look back now that you say that and i'm thinking of the girls who are in oakville united and thinking of who was the baby of their family i'm not saying this is good bad or otherwise who was the oldest and who acted like that i now that's hitting me in another way you talking about it like that absolutely and i think kids can develop it over time i think it can be there and as they increase their confidence with their skills all of a sudden it's like part of them comes out and you're like oh wow you know it's like as a parent or a coach like oh they're turning a corner like we see kind of a light bulb but I think there's definitely kids who just day one inherently they're they're just an athlete like can I have my concession stamp ticket please yeah I mean I yeah (laughs) for a dollar a big league chew (laughs) big league chew I'll cheat (laughs) to get it thank you Liam so what's uh let's talk a little bit about the club coping currently today excuse me um, as we stated at the outset, you guys are really predominantly a South County club. Um, give a little bit of logistics, you know, for the listeners that, because we do have a lot of young parents uh, that are trying to navigate it. So give us a little bit of a resume summary of the club right now, kind of location, how many teams, boys, girls, you know, where you're coaching, how's, how the club is doing these days. Uh, start there, please. Yeah. So I know there were some teams that just won their divisions and their winter league. So congrats. Kevin, I saw Kevin yeah. post about that. Yeah. Good job to all them. Um, we have um, a couple of us play in like the kind of regional. So um, the USYS, um, I mean, it's a national league, but Midwest conference. So we have some of that in the MADL, um, but primarily um, playing in Slisa is what you'll see most teams doing. Um, I believe there's about 30 teams right now, uh, boys and girls. Um, so definitely not a huge club, but not totally grassroots. Um, we have. Um, what, what age? Gosh, I was, I, that's what I'm thinking. So I want to say, well, obviously we go all the way through high school, but I think the youngest team we have right now is like 2017. Um, that seems and, right. And even yeah. then, um, Abby Basler is doing some really awesome stuff. She's our youth director, and um, she played at uh, Illinois State. Illinois State, yeah. And um, her and some of the people she's played with, um, and Hannah Burke is taking over doing our club training now. She played at Truman. 
um, or actually her team and my team are actually going to go play at the ambush game tomorrow. Super pumped. About that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's like a uh, half, half time six, deal? six o'clock game. Yeah, ambush. Pop, they're pop friends out. of the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, pop out. I think uh, they're playing Baltimore or something. I don't know. I just bought my tickets. Um, so looking forward to By that. By the time this airs, it'll be over, but still, but go hey, see. And you know what? We're going to win because my kids are, my two teams are playing each other. So <laughs> it, we're going to walk away Aaron with a coping wins win. Either way. Coping uh, wins. <laughs> yeah. And they, we rigged it. They're going to get pissed because I'm probably going to mix the teams up a little bit just so, you know, my. My higher level team should beat the lower level team. But you know what? But I, mean? I don't want a public slaughter. So we're <laughs> Vinny will be mad. Yeah, yeah Vinny's going <laughs> to be Vinny. like, lose his mind. I, I hear something in what you're saying, and I'm so excited to hear it. I, I'm hearing women's. Oh my gosh, yes. Young Hello. women stepping women. up, and I can't begin to tell you how exciting it is. Um, Colping's also hosted some well, we of can't the bo- We can't boast that it's some of the biggest clubs here in St. Louis. Train. That many yeah. na- women, female names that you just brought up. We can't. The big clubs cannot boast that at this point in time. Well, seven years ago, I got a call. Like, I kind of just asked, like, hey, I think I want, you know, to coach a team, you know, whatever. I can start a team, whatever. Um, and I didn't know anything about club in this day and age. You know, I just knew I had an eight-year-old that we needed to get out of VETA and all the, you know, we put her over in Columbia at the time. Soccer club had a nice little 4v4 league that we were doing. And I remember like that. hearing about that. Because I was league. like, well, we're not going to go play eight aside, 11 aside. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you won't touch the ball. You're not getting any better. Um, Kid makes a run and never comes back. <laughs> also, she, Macy, <laughs> need a binocular. 11, 11 Macy was really into JoJo bows for quite some time. I've a lot of soccer photos and footage of her wearing giant hair bows. So we weren't really sure about Macy as a soccer player anyway. So we were like, let's just see what you know we got here. But um, Joe Miskovic, our girls director, was like, uh, yeah, we'd love to have a female coach. And they didn't really have a whole lot. I mean, that was just what, seven years ago. That's crazy to yeah. think about um, how much it's changed. Um, but yeah, a lot of um, women doing good things. But yeah, um, I want to say, going back to the question about age, Abby, is she'll train kids like as young as like, they've had three-year-olds which is great. Um, and we have a lot of educators who work with it. So, you know, people that just know kids and really, say, it's really structured, that, but they that, also know soccer. Yeah. So that's really great too. Does so, that educator part in you, do you find intersect the coach oh yeah. in certain like particular areas where that's helpful? Like I find teachers are, are particularly good at, at certain things just because of their education background and translating the game maybe i mean i think it's helpful um i think it helps you know because you're always talking about behavior and you know soccer is a lot about behavior what are you doing how are you acting what are you how are you responding how are you responding to feedback and i think it just continues soft skills are just going to continue to be important and really anything kids do like giving and receiving feedback like how are you when a coach says Hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Or do you mouth off back? Do you push back? Do you, or does it sound like you're advocating for yourself? Like, what does that look like? And um, so, I think the education world helps a little bit with that. But the reverse is bad. If I'm in my classroom and I go into coach mode, gotta watch that. Um, so Friday afternoon. Um, you mean killers in science class is a bad thing. So um, my kids are pretty good at school, but you know that would be a problem. So. Can I ask a question about uh, kind of the club's vision or maybe mission statement, uh, spoken or unspoken, as it applies to uh, player pathway? Because obviously in our backyard, we're lucky. We have the upper echelons of every league from MLS Next all the way down through ECNL and the GA, et cetera. 
how does coping approach um, kind of player evaluations and specifically those kids that are, you know, the, the one quote one percenters or the, you know, the, the, the top one or two kids on a team uh, and their expectation or the parents' expectations, et cetera. Do you guys tackle it head on? Do you have a process or is it kind of a wait and see process? How do you guys do that, deal with that? Um, well, so I, I can't speak to how everybody does it because there's a lot of autonomy at Colping. So Colping's not going to say like everybody must evaluate their players this way. Um, Colping has existed for a long time because um, back in the CYC days, people would play CYC for a while mm -hmm. and then about third or fourth grade realize, hey, we're beating everybody. We need something different. And then coaches would pretty much just bring their whole team over. Obviously, that model doesn't really exist anymore. And so clubs like Colping had to kind of rethink what that looks like. Um, I can tell you that, like, for me and I know Hannah and um, Abby and some other coaches um, that I know, we do what's called individual development plans for our players, IDP sessions, like where they'll just basically come in a couple times a year and we go through who they are as a player, set short-term, long-term goals, identify strengths and weaknesses. Um, when they're younger, the parents are part of that process. Um, when they're older, um, this was some advice given to me, um, was ask the player do you want your parent to be in there and then obviously make it a safe situation you know um, but some players were starting to say like well it's hard for me to say what I want around my parent because maybe their goals are different than their parents right um, and what you know it for example like let's say well my parents have a lot of drinking buddies on this team and it's really fun but I think I might need something different if parents in the meeting that's really hard we've heard that yeah it's really hard, and I think, I mean, a kid loves their parents. They want to please their parents. So, um, yeah, making those decisions about, you know, finding the right fit for a kid, I think if you truly value the child and you want what's best for them, you will find soccer for them, hopefully within your club, but if it doesn't exist within your club, you find it. And, you know, um, it can be challenging for clubs like Colping because they're – you can't just go in any league you want because we may not have a team in every single age group that we can say yes. And, you know, I could argue how proprietary I think some of the leagues are in that. But um, the reality is sometimes, you know, I like I pushed for us to be in a national league because I wanted gr the girls to experience travel. I wanted them to play right. different teams and go through that. Um, so I think you have to be constantly evaluating that. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, you know, we do ID sessions, you know, um, just I think like most clubs do. And, um, you know, we've done combined ones with age groups and things like that. But, like I said, Colping has a lot of autonomy, so a lot of coaches are doing things differently. And I do think any parent that's looking, I think Colping's a great club. But ultimately I think you have to find the right fit for your player. Um, and the player has to feel like it's the right place for them. Well, because what will happen, and I, and I guarantee this has happened to your teams, you guys will go into Slice, any sanctioned league, you're going to go. And if you have a team that's rolling, you know, and they're winning a lot of games, there's a lot of clubs, bigger clubs with bigger leagues, bigger opportunities that inevitably are coming and talking. So my question was really wondering if you guys kind of get in front of that or if you're oh, part like of that process. Having somebody take your players. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you have to um, keep your people happy. And I, I will say that I think managing the when I went to get my national license um, and did that through uh, the state and everything it was really great class. Um, Jeff Muir did a good job with that. But 
one of the things they talk about a lot is managing the performance environment and how do you deal with all of that. And I think that's the hardest part as a coach. I think that's what burns people out as coaches. Um, you know, I coached with a guy who, when my son was playing over at Kudis, great guy, Mark Pauly. Um, and Mark, you know, played soccer and just a great guy. And, you know, he even talked about how difficult it can be. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. And when Mark Pauly says it's hard to deal with parents and that can burn you out as a coach, like, I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. Because, um, <laughs> well, you know, you, yeah. you constantly feel like, do I have blinders on? Am I being too hard on my kid? Am I being, you know, am I favoring her closer friends? Am I doing these things? And I think you constantly have to be, like, evaluating that and have people speak truth and love to you because it is you know, you're never going to do everything right as a coach and you're never going to be perfect in terms of player evaluation. But, but when <laughs> but you bring that's what other, parents are paying for. But when you bring <laughs> you know, other people like, in, like, so we yeah. had a situation before, multiple situations where like maybe a player isn't where they need to be. And so you maybe have a conversation about relegation or, um, you know, maybe this isn't a fit anymore. And I find what's helpful so that it's not like a, well, a he said, she said, or I see this, you see this, to say, we've had five coaches evaluate her over this time in different situations. We're all seeing the same things um, to make sure that, like, that bias isn't there and, um, and that, you know, it is a clear decision and then clearly communicating it. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that if my kid wasn't fitting in somewhere, I'm not going to, I would just be like, I don't, let's put you where you can be successful but again, when you have other factors, like, well, these are the people I've always, we've played on this team for seven years, and this is what I do. I have all the gear already. But these like, are our trivia parent friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it. we have to go back to who is this for? Who, we can remind us for? as adults, we can make new who friends, is it too. For? I don't, and here, you know, the older I get, I don't really want new friends. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need any more. I'm good. We're good. <laughs> Well, you know, find it that, I don't that have any time. My, I don't. <laughs> my happiest times coaching were, of course, when I was younger and when I didn't have to do any of the admin bullshit. Just, mm -hmm. I was just in my twenties. Parent yeah. wanted you to coach. You're like, we just need you to do the stuff. We'll do everything else. That is Zen, right? But it was when I didn't have friends as parents on the team. That was the hardest thing for me. The boundaries. If I could go back in time, I would reset boundaries and not answer every freaking phone call or text or think that I had to value this and, and to, to maybe also set the boundary be like don't don't do that don't we're I know we're friends but this is inappropriate as a coach parent relationship I struggled with that personally oh yeah I mean in dealing with like sideline behavior you know to be like hey can you tell your husband to stop yelling that that's super embarrassing and just hard no you know and luckily I've had pretty good parents over the years with that but it, it became a culture that if anyone was being ridiculous on the sidelines, the other parents almost just were kind of like, hey, uh, like, not here, you know, because I like who has time for that? You know, right. I don't like don't talk to the refs. Just be quiet. Like they sometimes they do a terrible job. Sometimes they do a great job. Who cares? Like they're never going to get it right. I mean, your husband is an officiate. He's terrible. Official. Yeah. I mean, awful. <laughs> Actually, <Guy>. he's, he's <laughs> on the CYC circuit. George is not well liked because he's like. Yeah, the kid just trucked a kid. He's fine. He's like, they're not pros. Like, <laughs> some of that stuff. Yeah, he doesn't blow the right there. <laughs> <laughs> Something else, too, I wanted to make sure we brought up before we're, we're done with time here is the fact that what I do love about, in, in particular, community-based clubs, which I feel like coping is bigger than what we had at Oakville United, but still feels very community, is the involvement in the community. Spensa is a big one. Yeah, 100%. Um, that, Our that kids are there are all the time. It is such a bright spot. Um I used to do that with um, Oakville 
and uh, Melville High School gets out there too. I know Dr. Champion, um, who said to tell you hi, oh, by the way, as I was leaving today. <laughs> um, you know, him and his brother Tom, uh, Kevin Byrne, um, Dwayne Kleppel, like all those guys being up there. Um, and the kids enjoy it as well, right? The players. Your absolutely. players have enjoyed I don't know how time you walk away from there not feeling better. Right. about everything and for people that Such don't know it's perspective it's, it's special uh, special needs what is the acronym i'm gonna get it wrong i don't know what um, the acronym is. but but special needs soccer association or yeah and and so we work with with kids with, that might have downs that might have various other even students and players that are nonverbal. um okay. i mean i watch these two sweet girls on my team deal with this girl that could not speak and the love that I saw from all three of them was just unbelievable I was like tears pouring everyone was so happy and they were like it didn't like I don't know kids are just so good you know like they were just like yeah we'll do it no big deal and they just you know they got handed this laminated thing of like things to do and they just it was like fine there was nothing you know and it was just I love that it wasn't, nobody was being particular and it was just like, we're going to show up and we're going to play soccer today. And then watching the kids when they're like, okay, you got a runner <laughs> and you, <laughs> yeah. you're really going to get to no field two today. <laughs> and just how exhausting that hour felt. But then to hear a kid say, I can't imagine what it's like to be a mom and you're like that all the time with them. It's like, oh, wow, you thought about somebody other than you sh yourself. Anytime teenagers do that, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. Sure. <laughs> that's not about soccer. Well, that is a win. Yeah, and, and coping's really, you know, really in there in the community and I just love that about about them and, and I, I wouldn't feel good about myself if we left the podcast not mentioning the, that involvement besides the other things you guys do in the community as well. Yeah, good people. So what's next on the uh, spring season? Are you going to be bringing home some trophies? Or are you uh, high expectations? Is is uh, Vinny leading the charge? We'll see. So they, they won their way up. They um, they played in the championship division for the first time um, in the fall. And they got a little dose of reality, but did it did enough to stay there. So, um, right. yeah, we've um, been able to elevate a couple players, brought a few new players in. So we're super excited about that. Got a, another goalie that we're super excited about. Um, so we have two really kind of all-star goalies that we're pumped about. Um, and for me personally, that's just a lot of fun to number get one. to work with them. That's awesome. The number one. And Good high, luck. And high school for Mace, yeah. right? High school for Macy. So, yeah, she, um, this will be her, I assume, hopefully Kelly Merritt. Put her on varsity again, okay? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she played varsity, and she actually took on a new sport, um, played softball for the first time, played varsity softball. Dang. Never swung a bat oh. before, and she, she did all right. She hit a triple against Oakville. She did, she did some things. Dang. She did some things. Athlete. So, uh, but I was athlete. proud of her to have – I know you've talked with her, and she hasn't always had that confidence. So she's kind of – you know, rounded that corner about having confidence. She's awesome. So I'm looking Love forward her. to a confident spring. There we go. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the outro music. You like Love this? it. Yeah. Little Playing Duran some Duran. creepy belly touching <laughs> Duran Duran. I'll never think of Duran Duran the same. <laughs> I know. As someone I was, who's sorry, had their belly I'm touched. So sorry, <laughs> I was like, okay. I had a shirt on. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of the reverse Beatles mania thing, you know, yeah, was, where everybody wants to touch the artist. No, 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 they went after your belly. I, I mean, I never minded really. I think I was just so exhausted and uncomfortable. Like, I was like, whatever. I don't know, you do it. If that, yeah, what you need to do. It's not oh, mine whatever. anyway. I didn't Go have ahead. any energy for a throat punch. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, I look like this, and this is how I get John Taylor to touch me. Damn it. <laughs> well, there's always next time, Jen. <laughs>
Thanks for joining as well. Sorry, where are we again? Thank you, Mellow Mushroom Sunset Hills. <laughs> Mellow Mushroom, thank you. Uh, good luck, Aaron. Thanks for joining us. And uh, like, review, share, follow, all that free stuff. We would appreciate it. And we'll check you next Sunday. Bye-bye.